They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom, and President of Somerset County Cricket Club, Sir Peter Wanless. Uh, gents, rejoice! We have finally, finally broken our duck in the LB County Championship. Uh, Whomping, is that even a word? I don't know. Whopping, storming, innings and 13 runs, victory up at Lord's. Uh, Somerset lost the toss. Toby Rowling Jones invited us to bat ten for two. The Doommongers were already warming up their keyboards and jumping onto Twitter. But a fantastic uh, third wicket partnership of uh, what was it now? Hundred eighty three, hundred ninety three, something like that. It matters not. George Bartlett got a hundred. Tom Abel got seventy seven. Set this on a path to four hundred and four all out. Uh, and uh, Skittling Middlesex four. These, these are the bits where you can tell I haven't got the uh, scorecard in the right place on my screen. 175, and then following on, 216. Fifers for Crago and uh, new arrival Matt Henry. And Steve, what a good decision it was to rest the bowlers on Sunday at Old Trafford so they were <laughs> primed and ready, <laughs> primed and ready to take on that mammoth task of bowling Middlesex out twice in a row. Well, let, let's deal with the doubters first because they'll all say oh it was Middlesex and their relegation fodder and yada 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 but no do you know what this and I think Anthony said it on commentary it had the feel of 2019 or 2018 2019 2020 to me that the bowlers were relentless that you know it's, it's all very well to say we have got such a great bowling attack but they actually performed and the fact like you said Matt Henry got five for in the first innings. Craig got five for in the second innings. They bowled well as a unit. Um, Matt Henry's just so impressive. Although I've got to say, I think he needs to work on his wicket celebrations a little bit because it just looks like somebody's told him there's a letter in the office at the county ground for him, the way he sort of acknowledges his wicket sometimes. But no, um, absolutely brilliant. Credit to George Bartlett. So pleased for him. Um, TKC got his obligatory breezy runs and it was nice not to have to rely on James Rue for a change uh, it, it just all fell nicely into place I think 400 was 80 to 100 over par on that wicket first things and probably 150 over par when we had the start we had a start like we did um, and so I enjoyed Saturday so much because it was just that you felt that it was going to happen and even when that first hour and then there was a couple of times later in the afternoon, or not that late in the afternoon, in the afternoon when there were partnerships going, and you just knew that one was going to take two and whatever. The one thing I'd like to know, and it's a shame for that reason Gibbo's not on, whether he got to the bottom of what wound Jack Leach up so much, because he clearly had a something really got under his skin right towards the end of the innings there, didn't it? But that was nice to see as well. I like Jack channeling his inner Craig. That's quite a quite a nice thing. Well, I missed that Saturday. I had to pause the live stream to go out to uh, go out to bat um, on Saturday afternoon. We'll uh, twenty-five off twenty-one if you're interested. Uh, Mr. Full Toss and got bowled, uh, so I wasn't there. But uh, Peter and Dan, you both were there, sitting at Lords in the sunshine, watching Somerset win. Uh, 
is there a better way to spend your Saturday afternoon? Dan, do you want to jump oh, in? Da- Dan, you go first. <laughs> no, I loved it, yeah. I, as Steve mentioned, yeah, it took us a while to get the first breakthrough, but I think once, what literally once we got that first wicket, I felt, you know, maybe a couple of wickets, I felt that an innings win was inevitable. Like, we know that Middlesex have got a bit of a collapsible batting lineup, and our bowlers were just on form. You know, throughout this match, weren't they? And it was good as well, I think, to see Siddle um, in the wickets. So he took the first three mm. wickets into the innings. And I think he's he's not struggled this year, but he's not really picked up that many wickets, has he? Um, I think he'll have maybe taken a confidence boost from being the man to make those first few breakthroughs. And then obviously, you know, Craig Overton took over, and he's another one who hasn't been bowling at his best this year, but he was certainly near at his best in this match. Um so that was great, um, but yeah, it was just a, it was a great day. Yeah, great. I, I, almost, I almost wanted it to last a bit longer because you know Lords is such a nice ground, and uh, I was I would have come on day four as well. So only got the three and a bit hours of play, um, but no, I'm not complaining too much. So uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah. I mean, as as you said, uh, it was like the summer set off a few years ago, and yeah, we're scoring runs at the moment, which is nice. Um, ever since the Ever since lunch in the North Ants game, whisper it quietly, but we've actually been playing pretty good cricket, haven't we? It was that first mm. session against North Ants, we bowled terribly. Ever since mm. then, we've actually been really good. And there's a re- that's, that's, that's why we're doing so well in the batting points. You know, I think a lot of people have pointed out we're, we've got the most batting points in Division 1. Um, and if you think about it, yeah, we've had a few 400-plus scores. You know, and they add up. Yeah, I was there for, um, Friday and Saturday, and Friday was a tremendous day as well because... You had the scoring runs pretty quickly at the start and then starting to rattle through Middlesex to the point where I was starting to get a bit worried on behalf of Marava, who was coming up to uh, uh, watch the game on the Saturday as to how much of the game there was going to be left. And, you know, you never quite want the game to string out uh, a bit longer, but we were really uh, bowled so well on the on the Friday that that was a, that was a great day's play uh, as well. So... Yeah, what what's to say? I mean, Middles, Middlesex is batting. Uh, they are um, mm-hmm. uh, they've had one batting point the whole season, so um, uh, I'm sure that some of the kind of negatives will be suggesting well anyone can bowl them out. But actually, you know, on paper that's that's a reasonably strong batting line that they've just got a real um, lack of confidence and don't seem to be able to put. Yeah. partnerships together no, I, I always felt this morning the pitch seemed to really flatten out as well yeah yeah I, I always Simpson always seems to do well against us doesn't he in every format so uh, uh, and, and you I always fear the worst and so uh, uh, both in both innings I thought that you know he always had the potential to put a few runs together and Ryan Higgins is a good player but um Again, they, they feel, the Middlesex supporters feel for Simpson like we felt a bit for, for James Rue. Um, but it's been, you know, even worse for him. He's been coming in with them um, four or five wickets down for not very many game after game after game. And that must be pretty demoralising. <laughs> yeah, we're used to it. Um, Matt Henry has been a revelation. The, these two games that he played, he's, he's, you know, he's scored 90 bright and breezy runs. Uh, for once out and he's bowled incredibly well he's five for in the first innings what was he four he got up at Old Trafford mm-hmm. in that yeah. as well so 
just a shame and, uh, Pakistan, uh, New Zealand had to tour Pakistan earlier this year because, you know, you never know. We could have been top by now. And then, it, yeah, of course, it was great um, that we didn't rely on him in the second innings. And, and all, all the time, Craig, Craig Overton doesn't look like he's moving um, particularly uh, fluidly. But wh- whatever he did, he sort of put his body through it on the Saturday, didn't he? So it's lovely to see him get some wickets as well as Siddle kind of knock out the... The top order so um to have them to have them all firing is uh yeah excellent yeah absolutely and i just say peter on that that i thought it was quite funny towards the end in the afternoon where craig was bowling at one end and basically covering half of the the outfield on the tavern side on his own i don't, don't know whether that was a conscious decision by the <laughs> skipper or whether he regretted it in the dressing room afterwards but it was a certainly an act of great bravery by tom abel to put him out there i think yeah, I hadn't realised that. I would have. Uh, that does feel a little bit unfair on the on the poor man. Yeah, I mean, I I do hope that he gets his tendonitis sorted because you know he's he's very much been. I hesitate to use the phrase hot and cold because you know he's never been he's never bowled badly, but he's looked a little bit uh, like he's had to bowl within himself a few a few occasions. Um, so yeah, so I'm not, you know, I'm no physio or doctor. I don't know what they can do to to manage this, whether it's you know an anti-inflammatory injection or something like that before he goes out to play. But he is such a difference. Uh, George Bartlett then 121. Has he silenced the doubters? No, because you don't think he will. Unless I think if he scored 500s on the reel, there'd be people that would find. Something wrong. I think his problem is he clearly is a really nervous starter. Mm. Um, but he, he, I've said this on the pod before, when he gets going, he looks like a classic Edwardian batsman morphed into yeah. a modern-day cricketer, doesn't he? He's so easy he is on just the Exactly, yeah. Um, and he, he reminds me a little bit for Peter, well, I think I have a vague memory of a guy who played for us back in the day called Phil Slocum who oh, yeah. they tried up and down the order and had the same issues with getting starts. But when he got started, he was beautiful to watch. Um, you know, I, it's so hard, isn't it? Because we could we could sit here and we will talk about the batting order for the next championship game. But he's the man in possession and he delivered. And you can't say any more than that. But, you know, I'm so utterly fed up of all the negativity because... It's just, it must be really, really horrible. I'd hate somebody going on Twitter at the end of every day and telling me I'd done a crap forecast or a bit of advisory work or whatever today. Mm-hmm. Um, and having to deal with that when these are young guys, you know, it's really, really tough. So let's, uh, yeah, let's give the guy credit. It's a shame he hasn't got a couple more championship games now and his form's got to be parked for a few weeks because I can't see he's going to figure in the blast side very much. But you know, what more can you ask for? 100 coming in at 10 for two. You know, significant partnership with the captain and Cola Cadmore. Great stuff. Uh, it, his body language, what I saw of the live stream, his body language looked a lot different as well to me. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I said this to you yesterday at, at Taunton Down, I put it on Twitter as well. When he got the 100 up at Warwickshire last year, uh, I can't remember whether it was Burdus or Davis, but it came up to the stumps pretty early because we know George likes to sort of go on the walk um, early on. It just kept him in his crease and it kind of just made him keep still and watch the ball. And this similar thing happened at Lords. 
And if you look at all of those glorious cover drives he played through the highlight row, and he played some absolutely beautiful shots during that. It is at some absolute worldies. Um, but he's not moving about any of those. He's just standing still. Nice, clean foot movement. Really positive movement. Clean strike of the ball. Lovely timing. Uh, you know, he's playing those all through through covers. A lovely straight drive off Murta that uh, was at the ball after, or he got his 50 or his 100. I can't remember which. But, you know, whistled straight past the stumps and, and for four. And you just look at that thinking, wow, you know, you are such a good player. And we sort of said it was, mm. he's, he's almost like he's looking for some sort of, uh, what was the phrase you used yesterday? Magic bullet, wasn't it? Dan, something like that. Where he's just, well, he's just yeah. trying this, you know, moving about to off stump, just maybe trying to uh, find a way of making things easier for himself. When I think he just needs to back himself because he is a good player. He's, mm -hmm. he's a phenomenally talented player and he's so graceful. And I think, you know, maybe it's a you know mental thing again. He just needs to sort of back himself, settle down early on in his innings and, and you know, just kind of keep still, watch the ball because... I think when he does sort of walk down the pitch, he kind of walks across to off stump as well. So he's not really giving himself any opportunity to leave the ball unless it's really, really wide. He's sort of making himself have to play a lot more ball. So, I mean, I presume he'll, you know, they'll also have some sort of debrief with a batting coach and it's, you know, it's still a, uh, you know, I think every, every, every cricket is a work in progress. I think Jimmy Anderson is still picking things up at the grand old age of 40 or 41 now, whatever he is. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I think of George, and I think you know he is good enough to really nail that place down now for for the foreseeable future. But I still think you know that wandering about early on in his innings, he's just making himself a little bit vulnerable, really, when he when he doesn't need to be. Any thoughts on that, chaps? Or have I have I got some uh, in no. <laughs> some subconscious no. vendetta against against GB? I don't know, but no, no I, I love him. I think he's a, such a fantastic player. I mean, he's played some fucking knocks. Is there the argument that you've got certain players who good coaches recognise don't need coaching and just get on with it? You know, there must be players in the, in any dressing cricket dressing room who will go to the coach and say I'm a bit worried about my trigger movement or this or should I move my guard about and there'll be lots like that and then there will be lots that just want to go out there and play you know mm. and you know Jack Leach he clearly works ferociously hard on his batting and I'm sure gets an awful lot of input from an awful lot of people and I think the skill of coaching uh, and I remember the coaches when I was around playing and uh, in my early years in Somerset trying to get in the Colts and everything as it was then and the, co the good coaches would say no you just bowl you just bowl that's fine with that we're not going to try and overcoach or something and maybe that's it maybe they need to have the confidence maybe Jane Berger's looking at it now and going do you know what if you get me 100 every other week I'm oh, fine I don't I really don't care what you do but I suppose what they're trying to do as you say Chef is try and eradicate the nerves and the, t the ticks that he's got early on because if they can do that and just he can play naturally early on you know he he's one of those great players isn't he that you he bats for 30 minutes and suddenly you look up and he's on 26 and mm. oh, how the hell did he get there sort of thing you know um you know you know how Kelly Cadmore gets to 26 yeah, and you sort of know how Lammers gets to 20 yeah 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 a bit like you and uh, at the weekend oh, I heard I, but so uh, you know it's also, you know, the number of times I've seen George Bartlett get to about sort of 20 without any difficulty at all, and then something really silly happens. And you can see how cross he is with himself when he when he comes off. And that's another, that can only be sort of, 
concentration and i think you're probably right he knows the error that he's made and it's just um yeah keeping keeping and when you get peter when your brain gets crowded by i mustn't do that i mustn't yeah. do that i got out doing that all the natural instinct which is what got him to where he is now is pushed to the back isn't it there's a thought i had as well many years ago uh i think alistair cook alistair cook and 2009 ashes did pretty poorly changed his technique for the following year or so and initially it worked but then his returns fell away and then he returned to his natural technique for the 2010-11 ashes in australia and he obviously mm. and we all know what happened there yeah he yeah. nearly got dropped didn't yeah. he he got was that the one where the five overthrows got him to 100 against pakistan in in the summer something like that wasn't it Oh, or maybe it was yeah. that one where he used his technique. Yeah, it was then. Then obviously, subsequently, it was the Ashes in Australia. Yeah, it just shows that going to your natural game, even even if your natural game is you know has flaws, or if if you know you feel like you can step it up by changing your technique, the natural game is probably going to be the best way in the end. Even if you know everyone goes through bad runs, even while they're you know bang naturally, but I think you've just got to sometimes accept that and. You have the faith that you'll get through it, and I hope, hopefully, George realizes that his natural game is is going to ultimately be the best thing for him in the long term. Yeah, I think for me, he just needs to to back himself. It, it, sometimes you just strip down to the basics, stand still, watch the ball, know where your off stump is. Mm. I think, you know, all this move. Can we out. just? Can we? Can I just ask one question about the batting? Given that I was advocating Steve Davis opens and. Just devastated by the fact that he hasn't produced so far. So got, okay, anybody up, can get a good nut first up on it. Uh, on a I know, few I know, but, Lords. but if if you well, not me, I've never got been a at Lords on, but yeah, <laughs> the points hands. You never know, you never know. <laughs> Village right. Championship or the Cricketer Cup one year, maybe you know. Um, but the the other opening spot, if if we assume that they don't go with Davis when the next couple of Championship games kick in. If I said to you, you've got a straight choice between Dixon and Banton to open, I'm really worried that Banton's going to go elsewhere if we don't give him a Red Bull chance. But now that middle order seems to be pretty much solidified with Bartlett getting his 100. Where would you go on that? Well, I said last week, and I'm sticking to it, is that I'd take the gloves off Rue, he would open, and I'd give the Banton to gloves, Banton the gloves at six or seven. What about Lewis okay. Yeah, Gibbo's very strong yeah, on goals. Gibbo, what's happening you at the moment, there, Dan? Don't forget to mention <laughs> Look, Lewis Goldsworthy. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying Goldsworthy should open. I'm just saying I really want to see him in the team as well. But it's, yes. it's a struggle, isn't it, to fit everyone in? Because we knew this would happen when we signed Cola Cadmore and Dixon, and then also Bancroft for a few games. We knew that there will be players missing out and there will be competition for places. But it, it, yeah, the game. You know, we've now played six matches this year, almost half the season, and Banton and Goldsworthy haven't got a game yet. They're not going to be hugely happy with that, presumably. No, I I don't imagine they would be. But you know, playing devil's advocate, I suppose it's not the job of Andy Hurry and Jason Kerr to keep. Well, I suppose it is to a degree. But I think it's to be fair to the whole team. And if you've got guys in the middle order performing, you know, you can't fit twelve into eleven or you know seven into six in the case of the batting as as much as you want to try. And it's although good. some of the teams you've picked on here have managed that quite well. Nice, that's true. They? Yeah, I, I need I need a good account, Steve. Do you know any? Just to get my numbers. Oh, all, no, my numbers none are, at all, mate. My numbers all sorted. If I find one, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I've lost my train of thought now. What was I going to say? Oh yeah, it's it's not like with the bowlers where you do need sometimes to to rest and rotate with with the batters. You know, it's it, it's pretty much if you're fit, you're playing. You don't really need to to rest them like you do the seam bowlers. So it's it's more difficult to keep everybody happy. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you need a strong bench, I guess, um, but you can't have a strong bench without leaving out some good players, which is. You know the the situation that we're in at the moment, which is, you know, they all say it's a, a great problem to have, but like you say, when two of these guys could potentially be having their um, having their arms twisted by somebody else saying, "Come and play for us, come and play for us," you'll get a go, even if it is in Division Two. It, it's it's really difficult. It's you know, I don't I don't envy the guy, uh, you know, um, Kerr and Hurry for this, and you know, it's certainly not a position that I'd uh, I'd want to be in. Who am I kidding? I'd love to be Somerset head coach. Actually, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. I've seen Twitter. I look at Twitter. I definitely, <coughs> definitely not want to be Somerset head coach. The, the best players are always the ones who are just outside the first team, aren't yeah. they? Yes. Um, that's the... Uh, and having said that, I, I, I have a sort of... I would expect Dixon to come good. Um, he has scored quite uh, heavily um, in the past. Um who knows? I mean, all it takes is someone to break their finger, and the competition is not mm, yeah. as great as it might be. So you do you need a few extra players as well, don't you? Um, uh, yeah. So I'm not going to give you a straight a answer one, to your question. Mm. Yeah, I think we'll wait and see. Um, and then and the next two games have got the Cookerborough ball, haven't they? Now, oh, I don't yeah. know whether that makes any difference to anything. I don't know. Is, I does mean... it move? It does it move in? Less, bit less, doesn't it? Yes. So, yeah. so um, all, all this stuff about um, uh, Sean Dixon's has scored a lot of runs, but they're in the second division. I mean, maybe if the ball is moving a little bit less and it's a bit more batter friendly, then that'll be what he needs to come back in. I, I don't know. He's, he's obviously he's scored quite a few for the seconds, hasn't he? In these T twenties, which has surprised everyone because that's not what he's been signed for. But uh, yeah, it's it's good to have a squad. Yeah, up to a point. Well, yeah, I mean, you yeah. can't keep everybody happy, but you know, you need them in case you uh, need to rest and rotate. Right. Although, well, of course, do... with the bowlers, you just drive them all up to Worcester the spare ones, don't you? Ask them yeah. to play against each other <laughs> for four days, which was quite. I was watching that game with quite a lot of interest. I, very eco- I wonder. I wonder whose car they took. Was it Josh Davy or Jack Brooks's? I wonder. I think Josh Davy's sort of like who's got a Tesla, so I think it was probably Josh Davy oh, that drove for Eco. Doesn't Brooks still live in Oxford? I'm not sure. So he maybe went across. Oh, and I do, yeah. Maybe went up. Right, I'm going to do the uh, questions uh, a little bit differently this week. We're just going to have a look at any championship questions we've got. Uh, oh, we've kind of talked about this, but uh, Simon and uh, Tim Eaton have both uh, queried. Uh, when we've uh, the obvious one is when we've we've all I'll start again. The obvious one is when all we've bracket Somerset fans have done is moan about the state of our batting all season. How is it that we have the most batting points at the break for <laughs> at the break at this point in the season? Well, this is this is the point when everyone when we moan about the um, the pitch, isn't it? Um, it's it's because um, the we uh, just prepared flat tracks which haven't allowed us to to get a result which which did look a bit um troublesome when we this time last week hadn't won a game but now at the end of the first chunk of games won one lost one drawn three it, it looks yeah. quite a bit better doesn't it 
I mean, our our scores this season so far. Uh, so the two Warwick, uh, the two innings of the Warwickshire home game, two eighty four all out, and then one hundred eighty for six, uh, saving the draw. At Notts, one hundred seventy three and one hundred twenty nine. So that was quite a spicy pitch. And then mm. after that, we've gone uh, Lancashire at home, four forty one, and then two fifty six for six. Uh, four hundred twelve in the only innings we played. Uh, we batted against North Ants. Lancashire away was three hundred sixty one, and then three hundred ninety eight for five. Uh, I think we can discount that one from any uh, statistical uh, analysis. And then 404 all out up at Lord. So apart from that Nottinghamshire game, which is against a pretty decent attack on a on a on a deck that had a bit in it, it's generally been okay. I think the the problem has mm. been with though the uh, the other opener, whether it's uh, Dixon or Davis, and then Bancroft really not delivering at three. I think everybody else has had a. A pretty decent start to the season. If you look at the averages, well, let's go through them now. Davis four point three, Dixon seven point eight, and then Lamanby twenty nine, uh, Bancroft nineteen, Abel forty three, Bartlett thirty three, Cola Cadmore thirty four, Rue sixty two, Gregory thirty, Aldridge eighty one, uh, and then honourable mention for Matt Henry with uh, currently averaging ninety. So it's really that kind of same old story, isn't it? That we haven't found. Of consistent opening partnership that is, you know, delivering you a fifty opening stand. Not necessarily every week, but what what do your magic number be? One out of three to put fifty on the board. One out of four, something like that. Yeah, probably. So I think that's that's where we've had the problem. I mean, I've got the opening stands. You love my spreadsheet, Dan. I've got it all in there. I've done the my bowling one yet, but my batting one's good. Uh, opening partnerships 13 naught 2 15 5 49 uh, against Lancashire at home was uh, highest one so far 13 5 13 and 6 <laughs> they're your opening partnerships so they're that's 51 the in that, 10 or 11 or whatever it is the fact that we usually start badly and are always in peril quite early on I think makes our batting feel worse than it really is because you know, we 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 keep getting the three three sixty four hundred in the last few first innings. You know, we've actually got a lot of runs, but I still don't have full confidence in our batting lineup. But yeah, I think it's it's because we lose those early wickets and then recover. But I think the recovery may maybe is is the recovery coming a bit higher up the order than sometimes. It yes, is. yeah, it, it used sort to of come from yeah, four, five, six, and it used to be mm-hmm. six, seven, eight, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's a good sign. Yeah, and the lower order is still contributing at the same time. So you've got, uh, well, I mean, Craig's averaging 18, which is probably, you know, five or six below what he's uh, he's capable of. Uh, Gregory averaging 30, uh, Brooks 19, Siddle 14, Leach 31, Davey 42. So we're still putting mm-hmm. runs together apart from sort of the first three, really. But then since Abel's been back at three, he's averaged uh, 148 and 77. So... Can't be bad. No. So that's the answer to why. Uh, I mean, yeah. The, it just shows, doesn't it, that you you look at just to go back to that though quickly. We're very focused on Somerset, and even though I look at all the other scores regularly, I don't really, I don't think I really take notice of oh, you know, Knots have only got two batting points there, or Essex have only got two batting points there, or whatever. You just look at, you tend to look at the game context. Yeah. So. That that sort of look, you know, a spreadsheet or documenting those things probably would be quite illuminating. I'm not asking you to do it, Dan. I'm just saying it's it's one of those things that 
if you do it, and I'm sure, I'm sure Steve Pittard would do it for us if he became our personal statistician rather than just Gibbos. But yeah, you know, you look at you do look at your own thing, and, and just one last thing, Peter, something you said a minute ago. I thought this on Saturday morning when when that partnership was going, and you start going, oh god, these two are going to bat all day, and we're going to be chasing two sixty and two sessions, and I was thinking of Lords a couple of years ago when we had to do that. Oh my god, and you get you get all those sort of monkeys off your coming out at you, don't you? And then I was like. Who would I rather be? Whose position would I rather be in here? Ours or theirs? Ours yeah. every time out of a hundred, yeah. and and you do have to do that. And I think that's what that's what is so frustrating about some of the reaction you get because you know it's it's not it's just looking so narrow at what we're doing and not you know, occasionally there are other teams out there who are trying as well. And you know don't just go like how many would you like to get today, Somerset, or how many would you like us to get? Shame, but that's the way it is. So. We are a natu- roll on roll on Red Bull cricket again in a couple of weeks' time. We are a naturally pessimistic bunch, aren't we? <laughs> uh, go yeah, back to your, your, your point, Steve. It's probably only the first quarter of an hour of that game that you quarter of an hour, twenty minutes, whatever it was of that yeah, game. Yeah, we won every session after yeah, that. That was yeah. the only time that you'd like to be a Middlesex fan, and then after that, it was yeah. you know not necessarily one way traffic, but Somerset were always on top of that game after after mm. twenty minutes, which was fantastic to see and uh, yeah at no point generally were you ever worried there was never going to be any chance of rain interrupting it we were always just taking wickets nipping away at crucial times uh, fantastic performances love watching Matt Henry bat that was that was great all the bowlers yeah. bowled well none of them had a had an off day Jack Leach contributed what did what did he get he picked up three or four in the match did he something like that mm-hmm yeah, so yeah, Jack, two for twenty-two and two for forty-one. So yeah, everybody is happy. Most, pop, pop most wickets by a spin bowler in the championship at the end of this block as well. So you know. yeah, can't argue with that he's in line for an England call-up. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll get under the ashes in a couple of weeks. Well, we've done quite. Uh, I think we've done that justice. Good half an hour on uh, our first win of the season. Moving on then. Blast off! No, that happened Saturday, whatever it was. Yeah, Saturday for the for the blast off, but the actual real blast off, the repeat of last year's semi-final. Somerset taking on the Hampshire Hawks at Taunton on Wednesday. Uh, we've had a couple of uh, warm-up games uh, down at the Vale just to get ready for that. Uh, there was one against. Well, there's one was it Thursday, I think, or Friday. And then one today against Warwickshire. It says Warwickshire second eleven, but shouldn't it be the Birmingham Bears second eleven or Warwickshire first eleven? Oh, uh, who knows? But hey, can you? Uh, yeah, we need to email MV Play to get them to uh, to update that. Uh, yeah, did we? What happened? Oh, we beat. Do we beat Gloucester? Yeah, we beat Gloucester yeah. on on Friday, didn't mm. we? Yeah. Sean Dixon has made yeah. runs in both. Tom Banton has not. Uh, he's he got a pair over. Don't even go there. Over both of those games. Um, highlight for me was Roloff wearing the wrong shirt, though. We all had a guess about who was going to be the first player to turn out in the wrong shirt. Apparently, uh, Cookery had got him a lock. He likes to bowl in a long sleever. Does the uh, the greatest player to ever? ever oh, oh, that was the reason, was it? Yeah. So apparently, he's got one now, but he was still wearing his uh, his batting long sleever today. So let's hope, hope for goodness' sake that. Uh, there's one in his locker come uh, Wednesday afternoon. But apart from that, um, who are we picking for the blast then? Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to go with my <laughs> team first. Well, I've got 13 because no. I can't decide. Obviously, Smee, Banton, TKC, Abel, Lamanby, Gregory, Green at seven, Roloff, Henry, Overton, Siddle, Davy, and Leach are my 13. Okay. I'm not sure what's happened to uh, to Max Wally, who's supposed to be joining today, but uh, he seems to have gone gone AWOL a bit. I've just messaged him, and uh, uh, he's not read it yet. So maybe next week for Max, that would be an ideal preview of the Blouse with one of our all-time great uh, players in that format. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody else... Well, I, had your, I had your first 11, not yeah. quite in that batting order. Um, but... Uh, yeah, and uh, Davy, I think, is worth a place if um, either Siddle or Overton isn't quite fit. But I think I'd go with what you'd uh, suggested. And, and and the idea of Banton, Smead, Cola Cab, more able, Lamanby, what a, what a mouth-watering um, prospect. We'll probably be 10 for five. Uh, oh. After uh, 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 three overs or something ridiculous, and then um, Van der Merwe can come in and um, do something incredibly heroic, and uh, we'll win anyway. But uh, there's such firepower in the lineup that uh, the runs shouldn't be any problem, should they? You wouldn't have thought no. so. And then we've got some great bowling options there as well. Um, I mean, Dan, Dan, who have you gone for? Same, same again, or have you gone a bit left field? Yeah. <laughs> Your first 11 that you said, uh, exactly what I have written down as well. Um, I think my only slight worry is we've obviously lost Russo. And while TKC is a good replacement, he's not as good as Russo. So I think we need, to, in order to replace Russo's runs, we need Banton and Smead at their best. Because um, both of them were sort of up and down in the blast this year, last year. I don't think either of them were at their best. But um, if you know, if the top four are all fire, and if and Lamanby and Gregory as well, you know they've not always been um, at the top of their game in the last couple of seasons. But if that top six is at their best, then yeah, it is one of the best in the country for sure. And I think yeah, the bowling has improved with the addition of Henry, hasn't it? Um, Overton Henry Siddle was a very good um, trio of seamers to go alongside Roloff and uh, Gregory Lamanby, etc. Obviously, Lamanby opened the bowling a few times last year, didn't he? So yeah. quite effectively. So um, loads of bowling options. A Fire power packed batting lineup. So um, yeah, I'm pretty confident that we can uh, hopefully at least qualify for the quarterfinals. Yeah, I mean, Riley Russo's season last year was a you know once in a career performance. I, I, you know, I don't think anybody would be able to replicate that two three years in a row. I think we were just so fortunate to get him get him when mm. we did. I mean, you know, he, he was no Chris Gale or Barbara Zam, and he would have struggled to get into a, a first choice Somerset eleven. But you know, he did all right. <laughs> referencing Gibbo's tweet from uh, last year for the uh, for the irregular listeners, uh, Steve, uh, have you got Steve Davis opening the batted again, or are you go yeah. for a more conventional yeah. approach? <laughs> Thank you. Um, my only question mark, it's a big question mark, is around Craig uh, and whether we said about his tendonitis. You know, do we do we pick his games? Do we maybe play him at home? and not ask him to travel because traveling can aggravate a condition like that as i i well know so i would go i would go with that 11. um i did play around with tkc enable three and four and i actually looked at tkc's runs from positions last year and two things came out of that 
One, he batted three the majority of the time was far more successful than when he batted at four. But he's very binary. He went 167, 177, did not bat, 48, naught, 46, 5, 23, 62, and then he got 66 in the semi-final. But I was surprised at how many balls he took to score that. It wasn't stratospheric, if you know what I mean. It was 60 was off 44 balls or something like that. So maybe he's not that different in championship <laughs> and T20 cricket. Um, yeah, and that, 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 that for me, that, solidified... Are you including the the stats from over the winter or is that just his blast stats? No, that's yeah, last year's I, blast for Yorkshire. I just feel that he's, he's kind of gone on to another level yep. over the yep. winter. And I think... I may well, you may be right. But I think it means my conclusion from that is he has to bat at three. Um, because he's seen, you know, uh, that she should... I'll, I'll say, as I will always say, it won't I, because I love the man to bits, but I think if we can get a fully fit Tom Abel for the T20 campaign, he could be, you know, absolutely at the top of the charts in terms of run scoring and averages. Um, because he, you know, he's four, he can adapt, he can do everything from that position. And I'm all, I've also got really high hopes for Ben Green because he shouldn't now be feeling he's playing for his place in the side. He should be seeing himself as nailed down in that middle order around Gregory and Roloff. And, you know, that confidence, I think, will take him forward. So my only question mark would be, do we do we manage Craig and, you know, not ask him to travel to Hove and Canterbury and trips like that? And, you know, as you say, you've got Josh Davey, you can bring Lewis Goldsworthy in as the pitch yeah, dictates and jiggle, jiggle that around a bit. Jack Brooks is still do a job. Um, you know, you've got Aldridge, you've got Leonard. Casey, Casey. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to have seen Sonny Baker get a go in the blast this year, but I don't think he's going to be fit. Um, he's had a recurrence of a, some back trouble, so yeah, uh, that's really disappointing. I think you know we're all waiting for Sonny to really kind of come of age and, and sort of make his mark in the in the formats, other than the uh, the always look on the bright side of life one day cup. Um, now, cricket, cricket news today seemed determined to mess with my agenda for, for tonight. Not that I ever do one, but uh, we have uh, a new captain for the Blast. Lewis Gregory uh, has been appointed. That was announced uh, a couple of hours ago, uh, resuming the, the role that he um, he relinquished to Tom Abel a, a couple of years ago. I mean, I gather he's had quite a bit of success captain in um, another side in another competition somewhere. <laughs> um, uh, we could skip talking about that but I don't think we will oh, oh, terrible crisp joke uh, yeah obviously uh, Lewis uh, captain the uh, Trent Rockets to victory in uh, in the other competition uh, during August last year um, he's a safe pair of hands I mean Dan you made the point that Tom Abel is going to be captain in Welsh Fire in the 100 this year so he would therefore have been captain in all the games that he's played so why can't he be our captain instead of bloody Hula Hoops United's captain. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that's the reason. I that's my assumption. Um, I think Tom is the natural leader of the team, but if he's been appointed Welsh Fire captain, it makes sense, I think, to give him a break um, during the blast. And yeah, Gregory is a perfectly good captain. Um, and yeah, he yeah, as you said, he had success in the hundred. Um, he's you know he's continuing to play around the world, so he's you know got lots plenty of. Um, so yeah, I'm happy with it. I think it's uh... and and hopefully Dan, it will a 
help Tom focus on his batting, but mean that when he might not bowl himself for that odd over, Gregory might give him the ball for the odd over, and we know that can often pay dividends in the blast. So, you know, that, that really adds more fuel to my fire of thinking this could be his stellar season in the blast. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think the real the real question is how many times Ian is going to get himself on the It's Trade Nation competitions on uh, the live stream and how much he's going to win this know, year, how many orange I, items. I, I, I don't know. I'm, they'd always say employees. I'm not, I mean, I'm not an employee of Somerset, but if I, you know, I've done a bit on the live stream, so would that count me as staff? I don't know. Look a bit dodgy. I've claimed enough anyway. I've, I've had enough to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to never have to enter the competition again. How's your dad's iPad? He's still got it, Dan. Great, yeah, uh, great these free you, trade nation iPads. Yeah, he uses it reasonably often. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think they scaled back on uh, on what they were offering last year. I think they were doing they were doing the whole bundle every week, and now and last season, I think they were doing one of each one prize out of the bundle every week. So I think James White was costing them a fortune in uh, their sponsorship of Somerset. But uh, hey, oh. Um, uh, what else on the blast then? So, how far are we going to go? Is it going to be? Is it this year? Well, we all, we par. We always think he's getting to finals day, but we've had so many disappointments at finals day that it would be it'd be nice to think we would go all the way. We're capable of going all the way. Um. I, I think it's interesting because one of the things that I thought was a real weird thing is because Essex are playing Ireland in a warm-up game, they don't start their blast competition until like everyone else is two or three games in to the competition. So, And they're not always the best. Essex, in my mind, Dan will say, no, I'm wrong, but my perception of Essex is they always start rubbish and come from nowhere. But then last year, Hampshire, I think, won about their last five games in the group to scrape through and qualify, didn't they? And the year before as well. Yeah, so I, I, you know, you've got to you've got to look at Somerset and Hampshire as two of the four you would really expect to qualify. Um, Surrey must they got to the quarters and lost to Yorkshire last year, I think. Oh yeah, so, that was the, that was the game where they didn't they need like two off the last over and they completely yeah. messed it up. Pete's yeah, got yeah, a massive no, no, no. grin on his face talking yeah. about that. You weren't there, were yeah. you? So no. Uh, no, but I had quite a lot of friends who were very disappointed. <laughs> I think they they thought that that was uh, that they were there. Um, yeah. For me, for me, for me, it's get to finals, get to finals day, and then we'll see from there. Yeah, I don't. Well, yeah. You can you can always lose a game, can't you? In this yeah, format, especially that's in the, this. That's, yeah, that's the thing. Um, so we shouldn't. Uh, get too downhearted if we lose a couple of games and momentum is everything as well you need to put together a run of results and uh it probably is that's pretty hard first um fixture isn't it against mm. Hampshire yeah it should be a good one James Vince had a day out at Taunton last year to get 120 something like that it was uh yeah pretty a pretty special knock to watch but yeah so uh uh are you going to be there for that one Dan Yep, I'm at the first. I'm at. I'm there for Wednesday. I'm at home on Friday, and then yep, the Sunday one as well. I'm not jealous at all. I'll be. I'll be there Friday night. I can't uh, Wednesday night. I can't make the trip to Hove, unfortunately. Um, but uh, heyo. Right. Uh, what else are we going to talk about? Well, speaking of T20s, 
The first county to break ranks, stick their head <laughs> above the parapet, and any other metaphor you care to mention, Kent are now going to be charging six quid a game to watch all their home games uh, in the Vitality Blast on their on their streaming service. Now, I think this was as inevitable as inevitable could be that somebody would seek to uh, to put their content behind the paywall. Uh, unfortunately, the the one man who would uh, on our little panel who would be a, an absolute expert and dream to talk about this, Ben is uh, isn't here tonight. He's uh, he's playing in a Baker Cup game. Actually, I'd, I might just dive in and uh, and find that and uh, let you know how he's getting on. While uh, while Dan, if you want to pontificate on that one for for a little. Oh, while. that brings back happy memories. Baker Cup games. Oh, oh, how I um, used to enjoy the Baker Cup. Yeah, well, I tweeted about this just now, yeah. Um, I think it was probably inevitable that this sort of thing would start happening. Um, I just wonder if Kent have gone a bit early on it. I just wonder if the audience is big enough to start to justify charging. Um, I think the thing I think most counties see the stream as a, is a, effectively like a lost leader, I guess. Like, in mm. itself, it's not necessarily going to make money, but it is going to increase eyeballs on the cricket. And it is going to, you know, hopefully have a knock-on effect that maybe making people think, oh, I'm going to actually go to a match and, you know, spend money on tickets and food and drink, etc. Actually, at games, you know, it's just, I think the idea of the stream so far has been to just increase interest, and therefore that will lead to profits in other areas. I think. So, the question is whether this is, you know, ultimately is profitable for Kent, and it might be, may well be profitable for Kent to do this, but are they going to lose fans, lose engagement, etc.? So I think I suppose other counties are going to be looking on with interest to see how mm. it goes because right now you can just tune into any stream you want. You know, I can just flick on to if there's a game that's looking close, I can just go and have a look for five minutes, watch the end of that match, and then go back to whatever I was, whatever else I was watching. It's very easy to just flick between streams, um, but this makes it much more right. You buy it and then you watch it. You're not so much you know if all the counties start doing this, it's much more it be much more difficult to just have a quick look at another game, you know, it becomes much more of a set event kind of thing. Where, okay, I'm going to pay off the stream. There won't be so much, like, so, sometimes as well, like, if it, there might be a T20 where, oh, I'm out for two hours, but I can watch the first half an hour, you know, that kind of thing. So that, it just it just changes the nature um, of the streaming a bit. So um, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, one more point as well. I think if, if all the counties do start charging for streaming, there has to be a way where you can just pay to access all the streams. You pay one amount at the start of the season or maybe like over installments or whatever, a way of being able to see all the streams through the whole season mm -hmm. rather than having to pick and choose individual matches. Yeah, that would be quite complex with revenue sharing and, you know, if you got... I don't know, I don't know how it works. If, if, if the game... I agree with a lot of what Dan has said. I mean, I think this is this is the way the world is going, isn't it? And in football, um, right down to non-league level, you know, you you pay if you want to watch a uh, a game that you can't get to. Um, but it would be so much more um, effective, I think, if the game thought in a really coherent way about how to build an audience for the game at individual counties and collectively at counties. And it is really disappointing, the invisibility of the blast. Again, this season, I mean, you mentioned the big blast or whatever it was called. Mm -hmm. uh, 
um, Sheps uh, on Saturday. Uh, but, you know, I'm a huge fan of the game and I, my mind was completely on um, Somerset, Middlesex. And yeah, I had no idea until we went back. There wasn't county cricket, didn't it? It needed to yeah, be its, yeah. a bit like the cup fighter. It kind of needed to be its own day. And built up and and kind of marketed in places where people might have sort of bumped bumped into it. So so if there were a way of generating interest in the competition and having a fixture list which had a real sort of rhythm to it, so people could plan the particular days which they could make it to games and others in which they they couldn't, then you could sort of make intelligent purchases and, and choices. But it just all feels incredibly random, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, to their credit. I think there's been quite there has been well I don't think I know there has been quite a lot of radio advertising for the blast because about what two, a month or so ago when they first came on I thought I started hearing it and I thought oh this is going to be an advert for the bloody hundred I was ready to start having to take my blood pressure tablets and getting really angry but no it was an advert for the blast mm-hmm. which I thought was was really good so yeah I think you know fair play they have been promoted I'm not heard anything on the radio uh, about the hundred Ben Warren finished with figures of one for thirty eight I presume that was from his four overs. Uh, in the uh, Taunton Dean second eleven against Middlesbrough CC first eleven Baker Cup game, uh, Ben Moran not batting yet. Uh, Taunton Dean are still none down. Uh, yeah, but go back to the, to the, the streaming model. I think it's funny because go back to what you were saying, Dan, about having this kind of um, you know this um, this all inclusive subscription model. If you look at Lancashire, who are you know really do invest and they've got a really good quality stream, and then they're going to get the same amount of revenue as someone who's not. Who hasn't isn't quite up to that standard? Um, Suppose you yeah. could the, the the streams that get more viewers maybe yeah, could receive more money that kind of thing. I think there's always going to be somebody you know trying to not actually game the system, but it's going to be a bit difficult to sort of work that revenue share out unless some sort of third yeah. party gets involved, and you know it could all end up on a paywall. What, on what we want is um, we want a decent app because the I still don't think the ECB app does it for me in terms of you know you often have to go on and refresh etc to get a score and if you uh, as i've mentioned before if you look at the mlb app major league baseball app you've got all the games going live of an evening you can look at the scores as they happen bang on time you can drop in and watch all get all kinds of stats and if you then pay your as dan's suggesting you pay your season subscription you can watch any game anytime anywhere on there and it's all in one place. So that, to me, that's got to be the ECB and, you know, the Somerset influence now and the ECB. That, to me, is the model. You know, and if, if I was advising the ECB on that, to me, it's a, a no-brainer to do it that way. Mm. Yeah. You just have an app, rather than Somerset having an app and Kent having an app and Warwickshire having an app, etc. They're just... You know, none, none of us, and, and Dan and I, and I suspect all of us would probably be the people who'd have all 18 apps on our phone. But then it's it's actually, no, it's Dan says, you want somewhere where you can keep an eye on, oh, that game looks interesting, right, I'll dip into that one for, for Yeah, like minutes, the Warwickshire you know? game last year, or, you know, when Sam Northeast was up getting his 400 for uh, Glamorgan, yeah. was it Leicester... Less so yep. to Glamorgan. So yeah. Or any time Jake Libby's batting at New Road, you know. Oh, absolutely, Steve. Absolutely. With Jack Brooks bowling to him. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's the the beauty about the streams. You've nailed it there, Steve, is just that ability just to, to flick over to something um 
watch whatever you like. I mean, I've got my TV behind me in the role of Fandom Merver Pavilion. And literally, the search history is Somerset cricket, Middlesex cricket, Lancashire cricket, Northamptonshire cricket, Derbyshire cricket. Well, I'm not going to name all 18 counties. But it seems to me like trying to get 18 ducks in a row to negotiate some sort of deal without a broadcast partner like Sky involved is going to be tricky to say. We had that. We had that memorable game a couple of years ago, didn't we, at Canterbury, where um, Banton hit his century in the mist. So, um, if they charged 5.99, and then, I mean, I could barely see him from the from the boundary never well, mind uh, our games at canterbury are normally on sky they often are yeah they, they often are, are that, yeah. Might, that might just but. be us saving the six quid i'll pay 50 quid a month for me sky sports so i don't have to pay six quid a month uh six quid a, <laughs> an evening to keep rob key in golf shoes oh he doesn't work for cat anymore um right any more questions about the blast then uh, i'm gonna have to be selective because time is ticking along we still got to, got to have a little chat about western storm um I'm going to be very, very ruthless with the questions here. Going to have to find a good one. And where's it gone? Ah, right. Uh, one from Harry Hayden. Uh, contracts ending this season. Brackets. I think Davis, Brooks, Aldridge, Bartlett, and Gregory. Assume the first two may be let go, and the others hopefully retained. Thoughts? Question mark. So I will find the accurate list of uh, Somerset contract extensions. It is on the squad tab of my uh, spreadsheet. I'm going to filter contract expiration date to 2023. And it is our full list is Sherbyshire, Ned Leonard, Casey Aldridge, George Bartlett, Andrew Umeed, uh Lewis Gregory, Steve Davis and Jack Brooks. And obviously all the overseas as well. So Gregory is obviously the highest priority one to get signed, isn't he? Um, I think they were maybe waiting to see how he started the season, or I'm not sure what was going on, but obviously Gregory wasn't as good last year, was he? You know, his, in, his bowling in the championship and his batting in the blast were below what we know he can do. So, But clearly his bowling has been much better this year in the championship. So, um, yeah, exactly. So hopefully things will be moving along there. Bartlett is obviously an interesting one, but you know that century against Middlesex would have helped. And if he can solidify his place in the team, Presumably, we'll be looking to offer him a new deal, and he'll be looking to sign a new deal. My worry with Bartlett was, you know, if if he was out of the team and Goldsworthy Bantam were playing ahead of him, you know, he would probably have been out the door at the end of the season. But at the moment, it looks good for him. Um, obviously, Leonard Aldridge will stay. Bashir will presumably stay. Uh, yeah, Brooks and Davis again. It's they look the most vulnerable given their age. Um, I think. Yeah, Omid as well. I mean, he's not really anywhere near the first team yet. No, I wouldn't be surprised if they let him go. He's yeah. Not really made a score or made any sort of impression. I mean, he only signed, it was towards the back end of last year, wasn't it? He, August he last year, yeah. I think. Yeah. He had his go in the, in the One Day Cup, didn't really do much. Uh, I had a go at Kent in the, that last championship game. I don't think he got you get a score there. He's not really done much in the, in the second 11 this year. And I think with Dixon being brought in, is that kind of reserve open I think you know unless he starts and you, you've also got to look at who's coming through haven't you so you know we know about one Thomas brother there's another Thomas brother on the way there's another Rue brother there's on the, the way as well there's another exactly I was trying I think it's Thomas Rue as well isn't it I think yeah. so that's coming through and I'm sure the there way. are three of oh god yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah um, but you know you've got to look at that Since as well and see what's and all that, coming Steve, through no, I know. I know. Guilt by association. I know. Sorry. 
Oh, sorry, I thought you were going to carry on. Yeah, lots of no, sorry, no. batters coming through. So, Pete, is it you that signs the contracts? Do you have to like <laughs> put an honorary sort of presidential no, sig- stamp? He's got the presidential seal, Ian. He um, has the presidential seal yeah, somewhere. I'm, I'm I'd love it if you just had a big pile of contracts. You just had a massive rubber stamp and you would just... That'd be great, wouldn't it? All of yeah, them. approved. I, I shepherd? What the hell's this? Yeah. How did that get yeah. in there? <laughs> How much? <laughs> Hey, I've got I've got a contract next year, five hundred grand. Uh, play for Somerset. Just got to get him to sign it. Boom, boom. That was a joke I made several years ago, and it's not got any funnier. Right. Uh, sorry, what are we talking about? Western Storm. The, uh, Western Storm. Yeah. Um, so they've had a victory uh, at the weekend. Yeah, started their Charlotte Edwards Cup campaign. Uh, so was it Friday? They were up at Headingley, was it? Were they on the wrong end of one against Northern Diamonds? But. Uh, Back to form yesterday in the sunshine. Glorious day at Taunton. Great crowd. Uh, magnificent partnership between uh, Fran Wilson and England captain Heather Knight. Saw the storm to victory. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, good day, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Knight, Knight being in the team obviously made a huge difference. Not too sure why she wasn't playing at Headingley, but um, yeah, Knight and Wilson showed all their experience, didn't they? And um, I think they pulled it back with the ball quite well as well. You know, they yeah, got I was, to yeah, I 66. The writing was on the wall after the power play. Yeah. There was a couple of really decent runouts as well. One where um, I forget mm. it was the first one where she just didn't didn't run a bat in. Yeah. <laughs> just sort of ambling in and then boom, and the stumps were gone. And then there was a uh, good, nice, uh, quick sub advice. It's Nat Wraith, the keeper, isn't it? I should know these things. Yeah, yeah Nat Wraith. There was a lovely, uh, good sort of it's good sort of Dhoni style stumping where you don't give with a ball, you just kind of take it and flick. It was uh, it was one of those. So that was really good. Uh, another direct hit run out. Thought they were very good in the field. Lancashire were a bit bit dozy in the field they dropped quite a few catches um but yeah good day all round for storm yeah hopefully they can build on that momentum now um so it's definitely the competition where they have more of a chance i think um so yeah i mean next game is friday away to the vipers at the rose bowl uh it's a double header with the hampshire game later so it's a three o'clock start but presumably will be live streamed, and obviously Sunday is the doubleheader at Taunton. Yeah, before Glamorgan, some yeah, Glamorgan uh, at home, preceded by Storm against. I just uh, the on my calendar, doubleheader. Yeah. Southeast Stars Southeast. is it? Excellent yeah. stuff, right? Uh, well, I'm I'm trying to give it to my little girl. She just barely made it through the Western Storm game before uh, before she got a little bit bored. Um, but then she, oh, she was like, oh, do you want to get your hat signed? She said, oh, do you want to get this hat signed? We have to go back to the car to get my stumpy hat. Uh, the stumpy hat is just a hat with the with the dragon on. But every, every time she sees a dragon, it's stumpy. So, the you know, the yellow Somerset flag flying on St. James' shirt, that's stumpy. It's not stumpy. But, you know, uh, she was a bit disappointed that stumpy wasn't there. A little bit disappointed that Brian wasn't there either. Uh, and even more disappointed about having to walk all the way from the uh, Priory Bridge Road entrance to the St. James' Street entrance. <laughs> Uh, because you, apparently you need to show your membership card to get a ticket printed out, which is then scanned, rather than just showing your uh, membership card to get in, which was a little bit of a pain in the ass. But uh, hey, um, yes. I'm not sure why that is. I'm sure Ben would tell us if it was. I know it was it was publicised, but I I, I didn't realise that you just wouldn't be able to show your membership card and come in. Seems a bit daft. Mm. It's to do with knowing the number. Well, I understand it is to do with knowing the numbers in advance, so they know the number of stewards that are required. But what I don't get is that is the walk-ups on the day, like like you and yeah. like you, you know, like I and I, I I only bought my ticket or you know bought my zero pound ticket earlier that day, 
So at that point, surely they've already sorted the stewards. So I don't yeah, know. Maybe for, it's just for a championship game as well. Surely that's the the same thing. You need to know how how many stewards we need for a championship game. I mean, they you know they stage enough Western Storm T20s over the year to kind of know roughly what mm. sort of crowd they're going to get, and the yeah. crowd that they had there yesterday may have been a little bit larger than normal because uh, you know I think a few people would have stayed home and watched the live stream if the Somerset game at Lords was still. <laughs> was still going on but it was more or less what it normally is so I don't really yeah I'm sure the have their reasons I just think we yeah. need to make sure we don't put up any unnecessary barriers for people to attend cricket there's nothing worse exactly right little barriers and uncertainty around yeah. attending cricket yeah nothing yeah. I completely agree I mean if, if we go back to my survey uh, I think we're, we're saying either there's a really good reason for this which needs to be explained and understood by people who are going to this little bit of hassle uh, or, or there isn't and we can smooth it out so it's, it, it, I'm, I'm sure it's been thought about yeah because if you, they're scanning your membership card they know you're in the ground so why don't yeah. you to scan it to get mm-hmm. a ticket to scan the ticket <clears throat> I don't know anyways apart from that a very very enjoyable day uh, hopefully another enjoyable evening in the uh, under the lights at Taunton on Wednesday night. Um, do we have any other business? Uh, I'm just going to quickly double check the questions to see if we've got anything outstanding. I don't think we have. Uh, Taunton Dean second eleven are currently seventy three for none off nine, going well in their pursuit of uh, oh, whatever it is <laughs> that, they're, that they're chasing. Um, I think that's it. Unless we've got anything else, we knock it on the head. No, nothing for me, mate. Thank you. No, very good. Good stuff. Right, looking forward to seeing anybody who's there uh, at the Cooper Associates County Ground Wednesday night. Come on, Lewis Gregory, and the boys wearing the uh, dragon. Oh, they've uh, stopped stopping behind the Wyvern this year. This is going to be the last year. Reinvented as behind the dragon. Well, yeah. let's hope. Let's hope so. I mean, there, there was a little piece on the website that said, uh, you know, all the all the great uh, uh, the great masterpieces of cinema are in trilogies such as uh, Indiana Jones and, and, and Star Wars and a few others as well. And I kind of bit my tongue, although I'm not buying it now by saying, but uh, yeah, well, there's isn't the fifth Indiana Jones film about to come out now, and they had several yeah. prequel Star Wars trilogies. What I would like to see if they could do it is if they could do a prequel trilogy to Behind the Wyvern in like 1982. 81 <laughs> that that would be oh. worth watching would you i would definitely yeah. pay 5.99 to watch that i'd say unless they've yeah. kind of got them in an archive somewhere <laughs> and they're just going to release and they've been sitting sitting there for the best part of 40 years and we're just going to see the vic marks joel garner ian botham viv richards uh colin dredge Rose, Peter Dennis, Mosley, Derek Taylor, Keith Jennings, i've got i've got it on Peter my wall actually Roebuck. I've got one of I've got a postcard. This is great. Just put Somerset Cricket on eBay. You find a little postcard. Stick it in a frame. Adrian Dunning, Trevor Gard, Nigel Popwell, Jerry Lloyds, Richard Otis, Joel Garner, Mike Wright, Peter Robert, Neil Russell, Mark Davis, Russell McCall, Colin Dredge, Peter Robertson, brackets coach, Pete Denning, Derek Taylor, Viv Richards, Brian Rose, brackets captain, both of Marks, Moses Slocum, Dennis Wade, trainer. There we go. Slogo. Ninety nine p. Best ninety nine p I've ever spent. Right, we seem to have gone over time, gents. Sorry for rambling on, everybody. See you Wednesday night. See you. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.